Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of For the Love of the Horse, a podcast celebrating the thoroughbred. I'm Julianne Horseman and I'm proud to bring you good news stories and insights from the Equine Welfare Division of Racing New South Wales, which is better known as Team Thoroughbred. At just 24 years old, Antonia Bearder is already an accomplished equestrian, riding coach and businesswoman. She got her first pony as a schoolgirl under the provision that if it let her ride it, she could. Young Antonia won over the wild pony and dozens of horses since, including her current competition mount, off-the-track thoroughbred Strats Law. She's worked hard to retrain him as a show jumper and eventer and is aiming to compete at two-star level by the end of the year. Here's our interview with Antonia. <laughs> Antonia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I can't help but notice you're a bit wet. Have you been out riding in the rain? Uh, yes, yeah, so I have. Do you usually ride in the rain? Uh, yeah, especially when it's raining for more than a few days straight. I've got to keep the horses fit, so kind of just have to chuck a rain jacket on and get out there and get it done. Oh, as a fair weather rider, I admire your dedication. <laughs> Thank you. Coming from New Zealand, I'm kind of used to being out in the wet, so it's not too much different here. Oh, good on you. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you get involved in horses? What was your introduction? So I always loved horses when I was younger and my parents weren't horsey at all. So they were like, oh, no, no, you don't want a horse. And so they kind of put it off for a year or so. And then because I was so persistent that I wanted to ride, they finally booked me in for riding lessons. So I think I was about nine or ten when I started going to weekly riding lessons. And did you love it straight away? I did. I loved it. I fell in love with the pony I had and the riding place was great. So it was great. I got to do it with my friend as well. So after school, my grandma would take both of us out and would go ride. And it was just, it was the best time. I loved it. Living the childhood dream. And I bet it wasn't long before you started begging for your own pony. Of course. I was always begging that I wanted my own horse. And as lovely it is riding other horses. And I loved it so much. There was nothing you wanted more as a kid than having your own pony in your backyard. Obviously, we didn't live on a property. So that was definitely not an option anyway. <laughs> but I still tried. I still asked over and over. And I'd even go on to... So the New Zealand version of Gumtree is called Trade Me. So I'd go on there and look for horses for sale. And there'd be all these horses that had $0 listed on it. And it was price on application. So they were actually $50,000 horses. They were jumping a meter 60 rounds. And I was like, look, mum, it's free. Like, we can get it. Like, it's not too expensive. And she's like, no, 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 that's not what it is. And even if the horse is cheap, we're not getting one because it's not cheap after you buy the horse. So. Oh, so when did you finally get your first horse? My mum was always moving because we never owned a home, so she rented. So we're kind of moving around every year or couple of years. And we ended up renting this property that came with a few animals that we had to look after. And one of the animals was a little white pony that was in the paddock. And they told me if the pony would let me ride her, that I could ride her. Because she was a great pony and that family had had her for years. And she had been out in the paddock for a while because they got older and moved on to bigger horses because she was just 12 hands high. And they said that she used to chuck people off if she didn't like them. So they're like, yeah, what she'll a challenge. let you. The gear's in the shed. You can jump on and ride around the paddock. So that's what I did. I started riding her. I used to ride her bareback and a halter. She had no mane either. That was all like chopped off. And we used to just gallop around and have fun pretty much. Guessing I was really she lucky. You. She didn't throw you off? No, she tried once. And I thought that was kind of fun because she was just kind of bucking a little bit. Nothing 
too big and then it was great I think she learned that it was fun getting out because she had just been standing in a paddock for ages and then we actually ended up moving from that house and when we moved they told me that we could take the pony with us because she had never really let anyone else ride her like they did so I was the first person since their kids that could actually ride her and that she liked so they were like oh you can just have her for free and five hundred dollars for like her gear Oh, how perfect. So that's how I got my first pony. <laughs> oh, that's great. And what sort of things did you do with her? So at first we kind of just bashed around the paddock and had a bit of fun and I built my own jumps in the paddock and trotted over cross rails and then we ended up moving her to an adjustment place and they had pony club there. So that's when I started pony club and I did pony club with her and then eventually I started doing things other than pony club. So we actually started doing one day events and two day events and we did lots of mounted games and show jumping. Do you think 10 year old Antonia could ever imagine what current Antonia is doing? I don't think so. I think she always dreamed that that would happen, but I think she thought it wouldn't because my parents definitely didn't want to have my own horse. They loved me having lessons, but the thought of having a horse was a lot. But obviously once once we got given the pony, then they realised how much I did love it. And I guess when we rented that property, it showed my commitment to her because I was out there every day just brushing her and jumping on and stuff. So when we got the opportunity to have her, they were more than happy to make it work, which is great. Oh, that's a beautiful story and a great outcome for both. Now let's forward to the present day and you've got a very special horse called Strat's Law who you call Charlie. How did he come into your life? When I moved to Australia... I think for about a year I was horseless. I, I leased a horse for a little while, but it's never the same as having your own horse. So I made the decision that I wanted to buy my own horse over here as well. And I put an ad up on Facebook to just see what was out there. And I got lots of responses from different people, some warm blood, some thoroughbreds, some stock horses. It was kind of a mixture of everything. I actually looked at a couple before I looked at him and they were okay, but I just didn't quite love them. And then I went and saw Charlie and he was great. And he was out of work. He'd been in the paddock for a few years and he was fat and lazy and not a typical redhead. <laughs> and so she brought him in and I jumped on and rode him around. And even though he was lazy and we only jumped maybe 70 or 80 while I trialed him and he felt so tired and lethargic because he was unfit. I just, I loved him and I wanted him. And she was unsure at first. She only wanted to lease him out because she really loved him and didn't want to sell him. And so I was like, all right, I'll go away and think about it because I wanted a lease to buy just in case it's the perfect him. horse and you yeah. fall in love. You don't want to give it back. <laughs> we thought about it and then she ended up messaging me a few days later because they were trying to have a kid so she knew she wouldn't have the time anyway. So she agreed that I could lease him until I wanted to buy him and I could lease him for as long as I wanted. So I didn't have to buy him and he could go back at any time and she's the loveliest person. After a year of having him, it was actually on my birthday. I asked her and I paid for him and bought him. So then he was officially mine. Oh, what a great <laughs> present to yourself. Yeah. Tell me about the process of retraining him. Where did you start? I'm really lucky that he had a big break after racing. So he raced and then he went to someone else and then she ended up with him. And she kind of just did a few trails and training days, but most of it he kind of just lived out in the paddock for four or five years. He'd had a long time to settle and just be a horse again, which was great. So bringing him back in was good. Once I got him fit, he was lovely and he was really willing to work. I think he was excited to be out doing something other than standing around. So. He really loved giving, having a job to do. We did lots of flat work and then I'd pop him over the odd jump every now and then because 
being an inventor, I knew that that's what I wanted him to do eventually. So we popped over a few while he was getting back into work and he absolutely loved it. He loved jumping and he would over jump them by a mile. <laughs> Looked great. Oh, that's fantastic. And do you remember your first competition? I do. It was in Canberra because we lived in Canberra for a little while and it was a little show jumping day. We went and did 60 and 70 centimetres and he flew around perfectly and we actually got a third in the 60 centimetres. Oh wow, you must have been so proud. I was. It was perfect the whole day, which was really great. When did it all really start to click for him? So even at that stage, he was still very green. His legs were all over the place and he was willing to do it, but it wasn't, it wasn't perfectly tidy, but he wanted to do it. So that was the main thing. But then it was probably maybe a whole year after that. So we had went to a few eventing events as well. And show jumping was always a little bit iffy. Like he was really keen and willing and bold and jumped everything. And then we did our first cross country round. And I was really nervous for it because we went straight into the 80 and we'd never even jumped a single cross country jump together. But I was like, oh, 60 will be too small for him. We'll just do 80. So I just entered it. And I remember walking that course, freaking out. I was like, I can't do this. We can't get over this because the jump... It's 80, but the brush can be higher. So there was a brush jump that was about a metre. little. Yeah, and I was like, there's no way we're getting around this. We've never jumped anything except maybe a tiny log on the ground in the paddock. Anyway, I got on the next day to do the course, and he flew around so bold, didn't bat an eyelid at everything, and just jumped through everything, straight through the water, over everything. And that was the best feeling ever. I think I had the biggest smile on my face after that round. Oh, what a good boy. And the bravery of equestrians never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> you got to be pretty onto it. What do you think your proudest moment with Charlie has been so far? There's probably a couple. One of them would have been completing our first a meter 10 round we weren't even going to do it we were going to do the meter but we had to leave the event and they were running the meter 10 before the meter so I thought you know what we'll just give it a go. a go we'll try it why not so we went in and we jumped it and he flew around perfect he knocked one rail on the last jump which was because I I think I was so happy that we'd pretty much finished the course that I kind of just let him go too much but he was absolutely perfect and after that I was like we got to do this more often. He was perfect. What's your typical training schedule when, you're, when you've got Charlie in full work? So for eventing, he's got to be really fit. So he gets ridden five or six days a week, depending on the week. Wow. And we'd probably do one jump ride a week, unless we're competing. If we're competing every weekend, like jumping or eventing, I won't jump him at home unless he needs the extra practice, just because I don't want to jump him too much. And so the rest of the rides, there'll be at least one fitness ride, sometimes two, where he trots, canters and gallops around the paddock in interval training. And the rest will be flat work, a mix of flat work and a mix of like pole work. So we'll do raised poles and small jumps, like gymnastic exercise type things. Do you do anything else to mix up his training? It'd be nice to do it every week, but sometimes it's hard. In summer, it's okay. But every fortnight, we try to go out on a trail ride with all the girls from my adjustment, which is lovely. And there's a dam close by, so it takes about an hour and a half return. We ride down to the dam, take the horses for a swim in the dam, and then ride back up. They love that. And there's also a dam at our property. It's not as deep. The one down there, they can go swimming. This one, they can go about tummy deep. So after every ride, he gets to go in there to cool his legs off and he just loves splashing in the water. So that's his favourite part at the end of every ride. Oh, I bet he does. And I've seen you riding on the beach around here before as well. Yes, we have. So 
Unfortunately, we can't ride at the one right close because there's one just down the road, which would be lovely. But we actually take them down to Seven Mile Beach, which is lovely because you can just gallop for such a long time and it feels like the beach never ends and the horses really do love it. What's the highest level you've competed, Charlie, to? So with Charlie, we've done... The metre 10 was an unofficial competition. That was more of a training competition. So officially, we've show jumped a metre rounds and we have went to 95 at the moment. We were hoping to be at a higher level by now, but the last two years with COVID have kind of put a hold on all of that because we've only really gone to maybe three or four events each of the last two years. Yeah, that's held a lot of people back. It's been frustrating, hasn't it? It really has. What are your goals for the rest of this year? So the rest of this year, I'd love to step him up to one star and a big goal would be to get him to two star at the end of the year, but that might be pushing it. So we'll just see how he feels and what he feels up to because there's no rush to push him too far. So one star would be awesome and I'd love to officially jump a metre 10 show jumping. Well, best of luck with it. Thank you. Um, apart from his amazing jumping skills, what do you love most about Charlie? Probably his personality. He's very quirky and very cuddly. Some days he doesn't really want cuddles. He more so just wants his food. But then some days he's in a total love bug mode and you'll kiss his nose and he'll stand there kissing you back and Aww. licking your face and always comes up to the fence and whinnies at me and wants his treats and he's just the loveliest horse to have around. Oh, isn't it funny that the horses have personalities like humans? They really do. All the horses at the stables are all completely different. It's so great. Are you in contact with anyone from his racing days? His owner that I bought him off, she actually worked at the stables that he raced at. And oh, wow. that's how she got him. He got sold to someone else and then she was selling him on and she actually saw that. So she recognized him and she bought him for herself. So I'm always in contact with her. She loves keeping up to date. Cause as I said before, she absolutely loves him and didn't even want to part with him. So I always talk to her and I've called his race trainer once, Paul Perry, but he wasn't directly training him at that stage. I think his sons were more taking over. Oh, okay. So he, he remembered him, but he didn't have too much to say about him just cause he had kind of taken a step back and the others were in charge at that point. Would you ever consider selling Charlie? Probably not. I would really not want to. I mean, never say never, but... Is he your heart horse? Yeah, I would love to keep him. He'll have a home in a paddock when we retire. Well, when he retires, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully we have our own property by then and he can just hang out in a paddock or my partner Adam loves to ride him so when he's not fit for competition anymore or if something happens and he can just be trailed hopefully we have our own property and then he can just become Adam's horse and he can just jump on him and ride him around yeah absolutely sounds like a dream why do you choose a thoroughbred as your competition horse I just love how versatile they are and the power that they have underneath them so for a while I was riding, I was training a pony, Peaches, because Charlie was on a holiday. So she felt amazing to ride, but as soon as I got back on Charlie, after I brought him back into work, the feeling was just so much different. And just even though he was lazy because he was out of work, just feeling the power he had underneath him, I just... I really like to have a horse that you can feel they have the strength to use when they need it. Like, especially when you're jumping big, they really need to be able to push themselves off. So they need that power in stock. Are there any bloodlines that you look for in particular? So I haven't really looked too much into bloodlines that are quality for jumping. I'm also look for a horse with the right temperament. So bloodlines aren't always everything because... Obviously, they could be the perfectly bred horse for that discipline, but if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. So 
a horse that's willing to do what you ask them to do and that they actually want to do what you want to do because you don't want to be forcing them to do something you want to do but they want to be something different so you've got to really find that horse that wants to do the same thing as you do do you have one piece of advice that you can give to people who are looking to get their first thoroughbred off the track the biggest thing would be looking at their confirmation. Obviously, they don't need to be perfect because no one's perfect. Charlie paddles his left leg all over the bloody place, yet he still jumps like a superstar. So it's not everything, but it is important to keep them sound. They need to have nice straight legs. So you want to find a horse that's retired from racing sound if you want to be jumping. Do many of your friends have thoroughbreds? Yeah, actually, a lot of my friends have thoroughbreds. Even when I was younger and I didn't have one yet, a few of my friends had thoroughbreds and that's when I decided I really wanted one because I saw them just doing great things and I used to jump on their horses and ride them and I just loved the feeling of riding them. And there's quite a thoroughbred community in Sydney and the surrounds now. Yeah there really is it's great there's such a good community everyone wants to help everyone that has a thoroughbred so if you ever have any questions you know there's always someone else that has a thoroughbred that's willing to share their advice on how they've trained their horse or there's other trainers and team thoroughbred are always happy to you know you message their trainers and they're happy to give their input on what's worked for them and what hasn't worked and everything like that there's already loads of incentives out there now for people to take thoroughbreds off the track but is there anything you think could be done to make them more attractive as a breed to me they're already really attractive because I love them <laughs> I guess the biggest thing would be to just keep promoting them the way we are now because I think it's only been recent the last few years that we've really been pushing that thoroughbreds are really great versatile horses like they can do anything like pony club western eventing they're good horses for pretty much anyone as long as you've got the experience to bring them back in after being off the track you're a teacher as well what's the number one piece of advice you give to your students to keep your heels down and hold on. <laughs> it's probably the biggest one I find. How do you get over a bad ride? Charlie's perfect maybe 99% of the time. So there's always that 1% every now and then you have a day that's just really awful, nothing's going right. Neither of you are in a good headspace. So I just try to get one piece of something good, even if it's at a walk or a trot. Like Charlie really likes to trot on a long rein with his head down. So or try and get him to trot with his head down around the arena, something relaxing, something that he can easily do that he likes to do. And as soon as he does that, I stop, I take him for his little splash in the dam, and then we finish it at that. Sounds like some sage advice. What are your three favorite go-to horse products? Charlie has a pink nose, so definitely I use NRG, that's called pink nose sunscreen. He got it really burnt once and I put it on on top of the burn and it cleaned the burn up straight away. So now that is the only sunscreen I use on him, which I have to be really diligent with in summer. Otherwise, his nose goes to terrible. <laughs> also, probably my breastplate that I've been using for the last year, which is Lady Godiva Equestrian. So a lot of breastplates actually cage the horse's shoulder and restrict their movement. So I decided to change to that. And the difference that I felt in his movement was incredible. So now I won't use any other breastplate just because the way he moves feels so much better. So I don't want to hinder that again. And a third one, I wouldn't really know a third one. I use a lot of great horse products. <laughs> Pretty topical at the moment. Is there anything you do to protect your horse's legs in the rain? He's in a yard, so definitely trying to keep his legs clean is a big one. He also has a lot of fly spray on at the moment because every time the rain stops for a minute, it gets really muggy and the flies come back up. So 
fly spray is pretty important. He gets really agitated. With we better let you get back to it. Thank you so much for your time, Antonia, and all the best with Charlie this year. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in for the next one in the series. For now, please show your support and stay up to date with the latest Teen Thoroughbred news by following us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.